Welcome to the Healthy Careers Podcast, where we help healthcare professionals succeed on purpose. I'm your host, Madison Loomis, and today I am super excited about our guest. Patrick DeSamoris has been a PA for over 10 years, and he is somebody that I think incredibly high of, mainly because I found him through LinkedIn and his positivity posts through the Transradiant newsletter, which is centered around work-life balance and finding your professional stance, I guess, when it comes to your mindset. And this is something that is so important as I think that burnout is so real amongst healthcare professionals. It is an emotionally heavy position to be in. As a PA, as a physician, as an NP, as a PT, the list goes on. You are dealing with other people's problems all day long. And so this podcast is dedicated to helping you to prevent burnout, whether that is a proactive measure or a reactive measure. He is going to talk about five steps that have helped him to build a career where he has balance and he feels like he's able to show up at his best every single day. Stay tuned and thank you so much for listening. So I'm super excited today to have Patrick with me because he is somebody that I have been connected with on LinkedIn. Um, Hopefully one day we'll get to meet in person, but he is like the king of all things when it comes to optimizing your career, finding balance, and falling in love again with what you do. And um, I also joke that he has enough credentials and careers to literally spell out the alphabet. So I want to first talk about that, but first, welcome to the podcast, Patrick. Well, thank you so much for having me. It is a pleasure to uh, to join today and have this conversation with you. I'm very excited. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Awesome. So you are well known on media platforms because of your Transradiant newsletter, which I love because I think it spreads so much positivity and kind of keeps people in the game when they're having those rough days as healthcare providers to understand not only why they got into doing what they do, but also just feeling motivated to keep on going, right? Um, To feel like they've got that purpose there. So I want to talk about all of that. And this episode, we're going to dive deep into really having actionable steps, not just talking about it, but doing something about it when it comes to the burnout rate in healthcare and how we can proactively and or reactively fix that for ourselves as providers, um, whether you are a PA and NP or just in healthcare in general. So um, I kind of want to kick things off by not only introducing Patrick and his credentials, he's a PA, he's also a, um, he's got his MBA and has served a lot of time in leadership and he's a part of a lot of different advocation groups and everything else. So tell me a little bit more about that. About the credentials or? Yeah, about it all. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm a a PA. I'm a hospitalist PA. I've been practicing for Mm -hmm. over 10 years now. I do have an MBA. Um, You know, first year within my uh, career, I realized I want to be able to not only care for patients, but also support physicians and PAs and NPs that I work with. 
And one of the mm-hmm. ways to do that is to be an administrator, to be a healthcare leader. And uh, in that, with passion for management, passion for finance, I pursued my MBA in 2016, 2017. I graduated. And okay. I also have a senior senior fellow of hospital medicine. You know, Society of Hospital Medicine is the number yep. one organization in the world when it comes to hospital medicine. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to invest. I wanted to invest a lot in my career, invest in what I do every day, invest in patient care in terms of continuing ed- education and continuing networking with other hospitalists. And the Society of Hospitals Medicine gave me that platform. Um, first, incredible. I had a fellow, then now, yes, now I have a senior fellow. And then there is the uh, other uh, title you see. It's mainly... <laughs> Uh, for <laughs> it's mainly for uh, quality care, quality uh, uh, documentation, and that is why I pursue that uh, particular okay. um, certification. It's mainly held by physician and and, and nurses, but uh, PAs and PAs can do it as well. It's healthcare quality and management uh, certification. Okay. Uh, it's a yeah. it's a test you sit down for. You have to study for. It's extremely difficult, but Definitely anyone can do that. It shows that you should commitment in quality care, commitment in management, commitment in quality documentation. And I've, I've mm-hmm. mentored physicians, I've mentored NPs, I've mentored uh, PAs in how to uh, document properly and help them make better choices for their career and patient care. That is awesome. I actually have never heard of that when it came to, like you said, I think it's definitely more popular with nurses and such. But I also think that's important if you are a leader. Because there's so many jokes about that when you look at your notes, when you go in as a a consumer of the healthcare, right? When you've gone to the doctor and what they've typed up as far as (laughs) what you've told them. Um, And then also just focus on the quality of things when so much has shifted to just be kind of like the rat race around how many patients can you see and how quickly can you do it rather than the outcome and the patient satisfaction rates and how people feel in providing that care. Right. So, you know, I always tell my colleague, uh, documentation is, is, is critically important and it's, yeah. there's no care without proper documentation. It's like telling mm-hmm. a story. I, you know, I don't need to talk to you. All I need to see is the notes and, and mm-hmm. not have to reflect the care you provide. Um, yeah. You know, it's very important to document properly. It's very important to document what happened when the patient told you so that yeah. other, there are so many people who see, uh, who see the note you write. You know, there is the other clinicians that see it. There mm-hmm. is the uh, uh, case management that see it. There is the administrator that see it. There are the lawyers that see it and the patient yeah. themselves actually see it. So yeah, it's, it's a true. way to communicate what, what happened, what you did and, and, and it's an art. You have to learn it. You have to invest yeah. in it and understand it and do it properly. 100%. Yeah. I think too, you see that on the side of what I do as well. When I talk to candidates or when I talk to clients, it is the active listening skill and being able to translate what you need to make note on for follow-ups, right? Like if I talk to a candidate and they tell me, I'm not looking for a job, but in six months I am, and here's what I'm looking for. If I don't know what those things are and I reach out to them in six months, but I don't have that information with me, then it kind of makes me look bad, right? And that person doesn't feel like they were listened to. And it's the same thing in healthcare. 
So I think that's huge. Awesome. Yeah. You know, to, to give you perspective, I, I, I was talking to Wilson Walker uh, maybe mm-hmm. two weeks ago. And this, okay. this guy, I talked, I talked to him three years ago, last time I talked to him. And wow. he said, you Patrick, right? I said, yes. He said, Patrick Desimus, right? Oh, I talked to you on uh, March uh, 20th, uh, 2020, uh, mm-hmm. around 9 p.m. You remember that? Like something like this. It's just yes. very specific. It's clear. He's in front of a computer. He saw the note. That's, that's, that's what it is. We have to yeah. be able to remember what happened and the way to do that is to document it properly. And you don't have to be a clinician mm-hmm. to do that. In any profession, you have to, yeah. you know, to your point, you have to do- document properly. Yes. <laughs> and I worked as a waiter, um, a waitress, however you want to say it, for years and years before becoming a recruiter. And I remember a lot of the places that I worked, you get so used to the menu that you can just, if somebody orders something, you know how to type it into the you know POS system and um, you know the questions to ask and whatever. It just becomes like second right. nature. And I would argue this also happens in any career where you feel like, oh, I've got it down, right? Like I know how to do this. I don't need to do the basics because it's just second right. nature to me. But then I worked for a really top dollar steakhouse. And there it was like, no, 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 no. We write everything down, down to like, if they want extra salts, if they want drawn butter, because that is the level of care that they're paying for. This isn't just a quick in and out place, grab a burger and be done. And I think that like you're saying, translate into every industry of just your attention to detail and making people feel good and remembered. Yes, awesome. and that is part of transgradient mindset. It's all about mindset. Yeah. You have mm-hmm. you you have to know the game you're playing, and you have to mm-hmm. know the rules, and make yeah. sure you follow the rules to play the game. Definitely, yeah. I want to talk more about the newsletter. So, talk about that a little bit. Like, how did you start that? What inspired you to do that? And it clearly has had a lot of success and falling. Yeah, I think you know. I just looked up what happened in the past uh, three, four years, especially in my life Is it? and in our country, in the world, and other clinicians around me. Some mm-hmm. have done it very well, very successfully. Others, not so much. And it comes down to one thing. It's mindset. And yeah. it's a positive mindset. And, and the transrated mindset is just that. It's a positive it's a positive mindset where you so focus, laser focus on your goals and objectives, and nothing can stop you. Um, yeah. If you get your your mindset right, nothing can stop you. It's not that you're Mm-mm. not gonna fight challenge. You will be challenging. There will be challenge along the way, uh, absolutely. But you don't. You stay in course. So yeah. Yeah, your mindset is what brings you back. Right. So based on that, I realized I've overcame so many challenges and people usually ask me, Patrick, how? How do you do it? Mm -hmm. How you go up, regardless of what happened, a smile on your face, you're caring for patients and nothing get on the way. It's that translated mindset. And I wanted to extend it beyond the walls of the hospital. And I wanted to extend it okay. beyond my colleague, 
give other people an opportunity to know that, hey, listen, um, you don't have, you don't, you don't, you don't have to be negative, right? Mm-hmm. When you experience the worst, the worst already happened. But when yeah. you, <laughs> your mindset and what? what you want and where you're heading and the step you're taking mm-hmm. where you want to get, nothing should really stop you. Not yourself, not your family, not your employer, not a friend, regardless of who they are. We all have <laughs> them. We all have employees. Yep. Uh, we've dealt with terrible people. You should focus on you, where you're headed. 100%. Your mindset should be uh, uh, what died you. Yeah, so, I agree. And I mean, from my own experience in following your posts and following all of that, is there have been mornings where, you know, as a business owner, things happen and you can't control them. And you're like, okay, you know, people are unreasonable. Sometimes people are very unkind. But if I stay true to who I am and I keep bringing the same consistency, then I cannot fail. Right. And I've seen your post where it encourages just that. And it's a really good reminder. And I think that's why you've had so much success with that is because you don't just post that. I think you truly live that out from what I've seen and knowing you. Um, and I know we're not like <laughs> close friends or anything like that, but the conversations that we've had, it's obvious in your actions that you've been able to really adapt that and be a huge reason for your success. So awesome. Great. And I want to break down kind of the whole actionable steps piece of how to get to that point. Because I think in concept, everybody's like, yeah, 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 this sounds great. I want that too. And I want to be more positive, but how do I do that? Because life hits you in every which way every day. And how do you set the tone for yourself so that you can actually get to that point where you say, I live a positive lifestyle and I am a positive person and I do carry that mindset with me. And I think applying that also to a huge problem in healthcare right now, which is burnout. I mean, I talk to people who work so hard to get into the position that they're in, whether they're um, a doctor, they're a PA, an NP, a PT. And then it's like within a few years, they want out. And they've spent all this money on student loans, number one. (laughs) But they've also worked incredibly hard to get to this point. And you hate to see them walk away. And so you figured out ways to master not walking away and facing the burnout, whether it's a proactive thing or a reactive thing. I would love for you to break down kind of those five steps for us and maybe talk a little bit on each one of them. Right. Uh, Very good. So, you know, I think what happened with burnout is Mm-hmm. Many of the issues we have no control over, right? You don't have yeah. control over your employee culture. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry, your employer culture. And your employer culture can determine right. whether you burn out or not. Yes. Right? You have no 100%. control. 100%. Yeah. I, I, absolutely no control, right? And yeah. there, is, there, is, there is that. And there is you. Mm-hmm. Right. The important thing out about our brand, we tell ourselves, we tell our brand how to react to things. 
Meaning you can control yourself. You can control your mindset. You can control your mind. Number one, you have to remember your why. Yeah. Why are you a PA? Why are mm-hmm. you a physician? Why are you an NP? Why are you a PT? What brought you here? Why did you go through all this schooling to be where you are? That's number yeah. one. Number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, you have to know what you want. What do you want? When you wake up in the morning, every morning, what do you look for? Who are you doing the things that you're doing for? Mm-hmm. Are you doing them for yourself? Are you doing them for your family? It's important to know that. So yeah. That is part of the transradiant mindset, right? And then once you do that, you have to go through the five step of or the five strategies to achieve a work-life balance until now, which is more set boundaries. Because you know yes. your why. You're not going to yep. let anyone come in and determine your why for you. So you know it already. Yeah. So everything has to be aligned with your why. So you set your boundaries. When you're at work, your employer pay you to perform a job, do it mm-hmm. to be best. Do the best work, right? Mm-hmm. Do the best work you can ever do. Once you leave work, you disconnect. Not take work out of you, right? Yeah. You say no <laughs> to extra commitments. Hey, it's 8 o'clock. I'm at home. I can't come right now. This, this time right now is for my family. Right. This right. time right now is for my kids. So mm-hmm. you prioritize your personal time. Yeah. Right? This is not, this is key. I've seen people where they want to please so much that yeah. they forget their own priorities. You don't do that. It's not unkind. Yeah. It's actually kind to let people know, I cannot do that. Because you need to be kind to yeah. your family. You don't let somebody else suffer for somebody else. Right? Yeah. Then once and you I determine- think too- Sorry, go ahead. I did not mean to cut you off. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to bounce off of what you were saying with that is I I see a lot of people, especially earlier in their career, really struggle with this because they want to please. And so when I talk to new grads or I talk to people that are exploring things, I always tell them you have to pick not just the job. You have to pick a boss and you have to pick a culture where you feel like those things are going to be honored. Because so many times, either new grads, the employers know that they're they're hungry, they're eager, and they'll overwork. And so there's no clear set boundaries in their negotiations for their contract. They might be told that they're going to be working three days in the OR. They end up working all the time. They're on call. They're rounding. They're, you know, and then they get burnout. And it's like, well, you didn't really establish the boundaries, right? And if we had done right. that from the start, we wouldn't be here. So I think it's right. also educating people who haven't done that of like, it's okay to do so. And that will actually attribute to your longevity in the career and your ability to show up at your best every day rather than feel resentful, feel taken advantage of and be burnt out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you're absolutely right. I've seen it. I've seen it quite, quite too often. Yes. And you know, <laughs> <laughs> you must know. You must know what you want in mm-hmm. And number two, you have to focus on those priorities. Mm-hmm. 
you have to identify what is more important. What task today, right now at work, what are your priorities? Which patient do you see first? Which patient do you see last? Which patient needs your attention right now? Uh, which nurse needs your attention right now? Which one is uh, uh, is pressing matter, right? And right. then the one you can't do, you just delegate the rest. Because mm-hmm. there's so much you can do. And it's, yeah. it's, it's the same for your personal life too. Some things, you know, your spouse will probably help you with it because you don't you don't have the time. Right. So it's it's critically important. And yes. there is number three. 100%. I think, um, and I think this changes throughout your career because when you're young and you're starting out and you might be single, you might have more time to dedicate to your career. And so you might be okay with it. You might say, I'm okay with kind of this hustle culture right now. I'm, you know, earning my kind of spot, if you will, and my stripes and stars. But then you might have a family and you're like, okay, well, my priorities have changed. And that's okay too. I think a lot of people get hung up on that transitional period and that if I do this or I focus more on this, it's going to take away from that. But I would argue that as time goes on in your career, it gets easier for you to do the things that before you were working so hard to learn, overcome, improve. And so I think there's kind of that natural shift, but you have to know that and say like, it's okay for me to want to go home to my family and it's okay for me to not feel like I have to be at work. 24-7 or be on call for anybody that needs me or anybody else that has set priorities, you know, I don't have to take the downfall of that. Right. Um, You know, I think what sometimes what we don't realize, life evolves, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Look at ourselves. At one point, we're just little kids. Look at us today. And in 10 years, we're going to look back and say, hey, listen, did we really have this conversation? We could have done better, Right. Or it, it happens. <laughs> you always you always feel like you can do better because this is human nature. You have right. to open to that, right? And then there yes. is the invest in yourself. You have to invest in yourself continuously. When I started earlier, I talked about you know a different path you can take. But that includes investing in yourself. Uh, yeah. If you're a professional, if you're a healthcare provider, if you're a physician, NPPAs, mm-hmm. you commit to learning for the rest of your life. Yeah. In orthopedics, you need to know the op- the, the latest thing about orthopedics. If you're in hospital mm-hmm. medicine, you need to know the updates in hospital medicine. You you have to at least attend a conference once a year. Why do right. you feel? Dermatology, uh, 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 neurology, that's, that's where you need to every year mm-hmm. so you can learn uh, what, what's going on in your field? And number 100%. three to continue with, yeah, to continue with the series. Number three is cultivate positivity. You mm-hmm. have to cultivate a positive mindset. And how do you do that? And most people say, "How can I be positive?" <laughs> yeah, there is. You you actually alive. You're breathing. You're not. Yeah. You're not in a hospital bed, or you. you right. You know. Uh, it could be worse. Practice mm-hmm. gratitude, like the smallest things in life. That, you know, this opportunity I have today to be in this podcast with you, I, I cherish it. I value it so much uh, because you give me that platform. You give me that opportunity. Um, yeah, you know, this is uh, something you appreciate, and and surround yourself with people who support you. 
sweep you I, I believe you support my work. That's why you give me that invitation to be in this platform. And I want to support your work. That's why I accepted to be in this platform, right? <laughs> so we we, yeah. we we need that. We need that. It's, yeah. it's important. I think positivity too. Um, there's a quote and I don't know it exactly, but it's like if you see somebody that needs a smile and, and or lend them yours or something like that to where, you know, everybody has their dog days. Everybody's going to have times where they feel like there's nothing to be positive about. But if you're living and breathing and having opportunities, you're doing a lot better than many people. And if you've got a job and you've got a roof over your house and you don't have to worry when your next meal is coming, then you're doing better than most people. And I think a lot of times too, it's just the influence and and we won't go down the rabbit hole of that, of just the comparison factor of what they have or what they're doing. And it's all irrelevant because the starting places and the ending places are all different as well. And, um, you know, your measure of success is going to be different than the next person's, but staying positive and knowing when somebody else might need your positivity <laughs> um, is also key, I think. And, and like you said, cultivating it, not just being positive, but also creating that positiveness rather than just saying, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm positive. Because <laughs> there's other people that need it too. Yes, absolutely. I think, I, I think the other thing too, many people think that being positive means that nothing negative ever happened or you don't recognize right. negativity or you don't recognize anything bad or anything bad ever happened to you. In fact, the most positive people that I know, the worst actually happened to them. Yeah, right? it's so true. If it, yeah. Yeah. If I were to tell you certain things that happened to me, you'd be like, dude, really? How? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you have to make a choice. You let this is- you let whatever you absorb, what you take in cannot be something negative. It has to be something positive. And yes. when you have these small wins, you celebrate them. Mm-hmm. That is true. I think a lot of people, especially in the healthcare profession, because it is such a hierarchy of, you know, who has that seat at the table, right? And everybody's a hustler and everybody's trying to be smarter than the next guy in the room. And I think a lot of times um, that culture can breed us to, and I'm not a clinician, but I, you know, work in a different realm with being a business owner. It can, it, it can make you feel like you are inadequate or it can make you feel like you have to be in constant competition rather than just celebrating the small things and not always celebrating the MBA. That's like the, you know, the big shiny thing that everyone's like, congratulations. It's like, what brought you up to that? What got you there? What did you learn? How is that going to then impact the people around you? And I think those are the small wins that should be celebrated more and often aren't because they're not the big fancy things or the title, you know? You know, it's it's unfortunate that you said that and it's a reality. And, yeah. you know, my perception and my mindset is this. Mm-hmm. If you think better than anybody else, you are very unsecure individual. Yeah. Only insecure people think that they're better than someone Right. And I'll tell you something. Um, I was having a, 
a very terrible, terrible day. And I was walking out of the hospital one day and one of the security guards, and I value people uh, by nature. And the security guard, this lady looked at me and said, you're a gardener, you know that? I just stopped him by saying that. At that moment, she said that I needed it the most. Yeah. The reason why is because the CEO of the hospital is not more important than the security. The security. No. In, in fact, I spend more time with them. And in fact, I actually interact with them more than right. the, uh, the top executive in the hospital. That's how powerful people yeah. are. And if you measure somebody by their accomplishments rather than by them just being a person. And I think you lose out on so many opportunities of people, you know, you lose out on conversations and stories and lessons and things that you won't get always from just focusing on the, the important people, you know, as our society would deem them. Um, right. And it's so interesting. I think back to when I actually worked in a nursing home and a lot of them had Alzheimer's or dementia. And it was some of the best days of my life. And most people would look at that and say, why do you spend that time? It was some of the happiest, most joyous stories that I could tell of people that were just thankful for another day. And they had lived and they had learned and they were so grateful for all of it. And it puts you in perspective of, wow, okay, all this, you know, little minutia stuff that we were about day to day is really not important. <laughs> right. You know, it's, we, we do not, I think we take ourselves for granted. Yeah. In many forms, right? Many forms. We look at ourselves and look at somebody else and thinking that that person got it together better than we did. And when in fact, when in reality, you do, you got it better than that person. And I, I think, you know, Compare yourself with somebody else is the one thing to do. You should never do yeah. that. But you should right. always wake up in the morning, look at yourself, compare yourself to yourself, and you know, give yourself some better. praise and say, try to do better and say, you know what, uh, Patrick, you woke up this morning. Yesterday mm-hmm. was tough. I'm ready. You ready for a new day? Let's go. Let's let, yeah. let's get it right. <laughs> Be your own hype, it, man. It's, it's good. <laughs> yes, let's do it. And and nothing can stop you. But if you look at yourself and look at somebody else and you're trying to compare, man, it's it's energy drained. That energy can it be is. used in so many different ways, so many yes. positive ways, just that. Exactly. Awesome. Okay, we derailed a little bit, but so we went through set boundaries, focus on priorities, cultivate positivity. I'm What's your next you. actionable I'm steps? <laughs> yes. I, I, I'm coming to you. I was just making the point to to boost whatever you're saying. But anyway, <laughs> uh, the next one is <laughs> so to stay on course. To stay on course, we'll we'll go, number four is manage your stress. Yes, right? very important. It's very important to have a system. If you know for all the for all the APPs and physicians, uh, you have to manage your patient list in certain pattern, and you follow that. And yeah. take small breaks. 
you know, do not skip lunch. If you're a foodie, yeah. if you like to eat your lunch, do not skip it. Yeah. 10 minutes, 15 minutes is not going to make the day go faster. You have to recognize that. But also, you have to keep moving. Exercise is important. Make sure yes. you are active. Do you ask, if you do not like to go to the gym and get sweat and you don't like, that's not your life, that's okay. But give me the 10,000 steps at least. Right. On a, on a regular basis, on a daily basis, at least five times a week. Right. right. Three to five times a week. Make sure you do that. And then, you know, try to find what works for you in terms of relaxation. For me, I, I love to pray. Prayer really yes. gives me this, this sense of meaning that it's something that I do multiple times a day. Yeah. Find that. If it's some people do yoga, some people do meditation, do that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and take care of yourself. Yeah. Go for a massage once a month. Schedule it. You never miss it. Get your nails done. No, buy this new makeup. Check out this new makeup spot. And then for, <laughs> for the guys, <laughs> get on a bike. Whatever works for you, right? Whatever you, suits you, your fancy, you must, yeah. Well, you, you, must, you must do it. Yeah. You must have something to look forward to. It doesn't have to be grandiose, a big trip. It, right, it has yeah. to be something that is consistent. And I think you mentioned something that's important because I think sometimes we do set kind of these unrealistic things that we'll do for ourselves and then life gets in the way. You know, if you've got kids and you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to go to this spa retreat for a weekend once a month. And it's like, okay, you know, what's the reality or practicalness of this? Probably not very much. Um, but just those little things daily, you know, and and I'm the same way. My faith has allowed me to stay positive in many days that I just want to be negative so bad, <laughs> but you you just can't and you've got to focus on that. And um, for me, exercise, fitness, walking, all the things, but for somebody else, it might be something else. It might be reading. It might be knitting. It might be pickleball, <laughs> the new craze. Um, but I think that is allowing yourself to have an identity outside of work and to do things that bring you joy that are not just career or money focused because that's why we work, right? Right. To be able to do those things. Right. That's right. That's right. Very good. And, you know, number five is seek help. Mm. There'll be some ways you can figure things out. And, uh, there, are, there will be some days you can't figure things out. And if, or you may not be able to figure uh, them out at all. That's okay. Mm-hmm. But seek help. You know, get a coach, for example. A coach can be so much of a life-changing yes. Uh, yes. decision. It, it, it's, it's amazing how people can help you see things from a different spectrum. Right. Right. Yes. Or if you if you burn out so much to the point of being depressed, don't feel too big to seek out help. Get some help. Yeah. If you need some sort of uh, counseling, if you need uh, a, a therapist, invest in that. Mm-hmm. Talk to your colleague. Yeah. That colleague who's a champ. Talk to them. Hey, Patrick, how you doing? Hey, Madison, how do you do it? I'd love 
to be able to do the things that you do, but I don't know where to start and I don't know how to start. Right. right? Uh, one of one of my colleagues told me, uh, you know, Patrick, uh, why are you killing yourself? I'm not killing myself. I take pride in my work. I take pride in yeah. my care. I love what I do. What I do yeah. since being. But that colleague could have asked me, Patrick, how do you do it? I'm dragging my feet. But never asked me that. But for them, I'm killing myself, right? I should yeah. Have I guess I should have been doing just the bare minimum. No, it's not me by nature. It's not in your DNA. Yeah. <laughs> it's not in my DNA. I don't know what this piece not. is like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think too, um, with therapy and, and I've been somebody and I'm open about that, that as a young child, I struggled a lot with OCD and, um, went through times where I was going to a therapist sometimes twice a week to help me to maneuver through that as a very confused kid, you know, not knowing what's going on with my brain and why am I having these thoughts and why am I carrying out these compulsive behaviors? Um, And then as an adult, you know, there have been times I've gone through rough times where I was going through a divorce and I turned to therapy and I turned to my faith and I turned to things that helped me to go through it not alone because you have to set your pride aside and know these people are here to help and that's what they are good at. <laughs> and right. and they're on your side. They're not here to make you feel less than. They're there to help you get through. And I think the biggest thing is that pride, people don't want to admit there's a problem going on or people don't want to feel um, inadequate. They don't want to feel like, oh, well, I can figure it out by myself. And then they get to a point where they're depressed. They're not seeing friends. They're not seeing family. They're, you know, just a robot almost from day to day. And and that's no way to live. Right. Absolutely not. I, I think yeah. um, a lot of people find their, themselves in, in situations like this. And, uh, whoever's listening, if you are in that spot, I think I encourage you to seek help. Yes. Your entire life and save so much. Um, mm-hmm. So please do that. Yeah. I love the the t-shirts that they sell now that say like therapy is cool. <laughs> right. I think that's so they true. I think cool. They are. I mean, in previous <laughs> generations, it was like if you went to therapy, something was wrong with you. And I would say go to therapy even if you're not dealing with that because sometimes it's just good to have a sounding board and to feel like you know, what you're feeling is valid, especially if you don't have that support system at home or you don't have a partner that you can go to and have those conversations with. Um, or even if you do, you know, because sometimes you don't want to burden that person with all of your stuff every single day. Um, but it is just so vital, especially in healthcare, because so much of what you see and deal with is very heavy emotional things, whether it's dealing with families and end of life care and um, chronic illness. I mean, just the stuff that you see is so tolling sometimes emotionally. And I think you're taught to kind of set it aside and separate it, but it's very real to what your career entails. And I think that deserves more conversation and attention. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I think, you know, people have been through so much and they, we are really so powerful. The amount of yes. things that we can tolerate is, is out of this world. And yeah. We just let it pile up and pile up and pile up until one day we just explode. 
Yeah. While therapy is for you, it creates that balance. You know? Yeah. And if you think of any successful uh, business owner, any uh, successful uh, uh, person like I can I, I can name a few: Bill Gates, and Elon, and, and mm-hmm. uh, Mark, and and so forth. They yeah. have a coach. Whenever they want to do something, they find out who's the best at it and have a coach help them do it. Yeah. We can do the same thing too. You don't have to have millions of dollars to invest in. No. If there's something you'd, la- you'd like to accomplish, you feel like there's something missing, that's something missing can be a coach that can help you achieve that. Yeah. And do you offer coaching? Is that something that you do within healthcare? I think so, right? I do. I do. I do. Uh, very selective people who wants to achieve specific things, especially within uh, right. opening up practice or trying to be uh, a locum hospitalist. I, I do help them set up and do that. Um, uh, you know, for example, I had a, I remember I had a physician who uh, was going through a tough time and I look at him one day, just so down. And I said, what's wrong with you? He just had a baby and he was confused about work. I told him, hey, listen, I don't you sat down and meet. And mm-hmm. I show them, you know, your, his potential, which he never realized. Yeah. And he called me about two and a half years uh, later and said, Patrick, in the past two and a half years, I made one, I made two point two million dollars Oh my yeah. gosh. So yes. Wow. And, uh, that's incredible. <laughs> incredible. That's big, you know, that's big money. We, big money. Big money. Any physician. Any physician. Yeah. Um, APPs. You don't have to go through what you're going to wherever you are right now. Yeah. You are wanted somewhere. There's, there's a yes. place that needs you right now. I tell people that all the time. I'm like, if your job does not make you happy on Monday mornings, this life is too short for you to sit there for the sake of a resume date because so many people, well, I've only been here two and a half years and won't that look bad on my resume? Who cares? You know, as long as you've learned something and you've given it your all and you've got the skill set, it will transfer somewhere else. And if you've got a bad boss or a bad culture or no growth or poor salary, I mean, make the change because nobody's going to do it for you except you. (laughs) Right. Right. I think, you know, Personally, I have a very uh, old mindset in, in, mm-hmm. in, in certain in certain instances. For example, I don't like I like stability, yeah, um, and I like I like to make an impact. Meaning, mm-hmm. You know, when I'm working somewhere, I do not like. I think I get that from my dad. For example, my dad <clears throat> worked for this NGO many many years ago, and her former boss was a German lady. Uh, okay. Just travel from Switzerland. Just came and spent a weekend at my dad's place with my dad, just with my family, mm-hmm. just because this is the type of connection we build over the years as a family, right? Yeah. And because of that, I don't like switching jobs. I don't like you know an extra five thousand yeah. dollars just leave a job for it. I like to stay. But the reality is, you don't want to be somewhere that you're not wanted, regardless of right your values and certain things. You want to be in a place where, number one, that values you. Number two, that gives you an opportunity to grow. Number three, at a place where when you wake up every Monday morning, no one is taking your smile away from you to your point. 
So I, yeah. I, I love that. Mindset. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. And you made a point earlier on your post about this, and I, I think it's a great way to close things out, is just you can't save lives if you're burnt out. You can't do it. You can't show up at your best if you are not at your best. So <laughs> how are you going to help cannot. other people? <laughs> You cannot. And you cannot. that's kind of everything boiled down to that one point of your why is most likely because you want to make an impact, right? For some people, it might be, oh, it's good money. It's a good career. It's in demand. But for most people, you would hope that it's that they wanted to make an impact. They wanted to help others. And you can't do that if you haven't helped yourself. You've got to fill that cup right. up first. Right. You know... Healthcare is extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. If you're a healthcare uh, provider, uh, taking care of patients is hard. It's extremely hard. And yeah. the reality is you are there to save lives. Mm-hmm. You, must, you must take care of yourself first so you can save lives. Yeah. Right? If you're not well, if you burned out, if you just have enough wherever you are. You cannot care for patients. Yeah, no. Um, I think it yeah. is also similar to any industry that you look at when you hire a physical or, you know, personal trainer. You want that personal trainer to also be doing the same things that they're training you on. And so as a healthcare provider, you want to feel like that person is showing up at their best every day. Nobody wants to go to the doctor and have somebody that feels like they don't want to be there with them because then you're in a vulnerable state and you're not happy that you have to be there and they're not happy and it's just not a pleasant experience. So I think everything that you said are are certainly actionable things that people can do and hopefully this will help someone that maybe is feeling like they're ready to get out of the healthcare industry but still has that why statement and still has music left inside of them to stay. Um, try these things, see if it works, see if it helps. And if not, maybe Patrick can help you kind of get to further steps or look at other options. Yes. um, I think if, if I have one in closing, um, no matter what you do, never forget your why. Yeah. The reason why you do it. Um, Mm -hmm. That, that is your driving force. That is what keep you going. 100%. You must, you must show up as your best. And sometimes being your best is not 100% yourself. You have to choose a place that allows you to be your best. Yeah. And sometimes you've got to sure. fake it until you make it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Awesome. Great. Well, this has been super helpful. I mean, even for me to kind of be reminded of these things in my own career, because I, (laughs) as a business owner, sometimes find myself leaning more on the negative side than the positive side. And um, we both woke up, we were able to have this conversation and hopefully help others. And so that's a blessing in itself. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. And again, hopefully this helps people we will follow up with some more um, kind of outline of these steps if you're interested in them. And um, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing these things, Patrick. Thank you so much, uh, Madison. Thank you for having me. Of course. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Healthy Careers Podcast. It is so fun talking to people like Patrick who have been in the game for a while and understand how to overcome things that everybody deals with as a healthcare professional. If you are looking for a job or open to hearing about what other opportunities might be out there, please do reach out to me as I, my business, Advanced Scope Talent, help PAs and PAs and MDs to find positions where maybe these things that we talked about are not achievable based on your employee culture, whatever else it might be. Outside of that, remember that therapy is cool and we've got new episodes dropping in the next couple of weeks. Thanks so much.